We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Paloma with me here today as usual. Hope everyone's had a great week. Hope you are uh, in position to have a great weekend here as we uh, meet with you on quarterly tax day, June the 15th. I wrote my check this morning. If you wrote your check this morning, I feel your pain. Hopefully you can feel mine. I told Martin before we got started, I've got a headache this morning. I think it's dehydration. I also think it's a little bit of just sex man drama. Yeah. Sadness. I'm like sadness. The, I'm, I like it. A little bit of like sadness. The, the kid <laughs> like a little Eeyore. <laughs> the kid that's playing Monopoly. Have you seen that? It's like a viral video that's going around and he's. He's getting killed in Monopoly by his brother or somebody, and his mom's like, what's wrong? It's just a game. And he's he's like, it's not just a game. It's the worst part. It's the worst part. And she goes, what part? He goes, taxes. <laughs> he's having to pay taxes on the hotels and stuff, you know? And 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 I'm yeah. like, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, we get it. <laughs> I understand. Hell yeah, little man. He, he'll, <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe he'll be the one that changes the world for us. Maybe he'll come in and go, this is ridiculous. This is, yeah. this, and it is, our tax system's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, mind on my money, pinnacle. <laughs> I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call the number, ask for my buddy, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. Do with it what you want. You can shop it around. It's your quote and do what you want. Or you can do what I recommend that you do, what I've done multiple times, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662 662- Two five seven nineteen hundred and uh, Martin. Before we get started, tell uh, the people what's going on at Pinnacle and how they can get in touch with you guys. Yeah, man. Um, it's summertime, baby. Uh, we're almost halfway through the calendar year. Um, I think we'll talk a little bit about kind of markets all the way up to this point as well. Uh, I think it would be good to to a lot of our listeners probably know, but maybe some that that don't know. Just kind of give an update. Um, 
but man, this time of year for us is, I know I've said it a couple of times, is a little bit on the slower side. You know, most of our clients are traveling, hanging out with their families, um, paying their taxes today. Uh, but you know, a lot of our, and so they're, you know, we've got a little bit more time in the summertime to meet new people, um, than we, than we have during the, the busy time. So, uh, you know, if, if you're kind of looking at your portfolio and don't really know what's going on or, or, or trying to figure out a plan, like now is a, a good time for some zooms. If you're not in the Jackson area or a phone call, just to see if it makes sense, uh, see if you're on track and if you're not on track, help you get on track and, if you are, man, we'll pat you on the back, tell you good job, and and uh, and maybe hire you before uh, <laughs> before you walk out the door. Uh, but anyway, all jokes aside, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, finances and money are are a huge, uh, you know, sh- source of anxiety and stress, and it doesn't have to be stressful and full of 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 anxiousness. But um, that's one of the things we try to help folks do is is get relieved of that anxiety and stress. Um, you can call us old fashioned telephone 601-957-0323. Uh, or you can reach us. Most folks do actually reach out through email, which is, you know, not surprising. And it's info at my P I N N wealth.com. All right. So you want to talk about the markets? I'm, I'm interested. What's, what's going on. What are you telling your clients about uh, the markets as we approach the halfway point of 2023? Yeah. Oh, well, it's funny, you know, last year they were um, very lopsided, even in, in a negative return environment. Um, you know, the growth stocks um, were down significantly at last year. You know, NASDAQ was down um, almost 50%. Uh, the S&P 500, you know, ended the year down um, double digits. Uh, it was like down 16, 17, 18, something like that. I can't even remember anymore. Uh, and then the, uh, the the Dow, which is made up a little bit more of like the value um, stocks, uh, was really almost flat. I mean, it was it was slightly down, down about two percent. But bonds were down, you know, pretty significantly, um, you know, last year too. So kind of, you know, mid year, um, we've got bifurcated returns again, um, except for it's it's flip flop. So the Nasdaq is up almost thirty percent. Those are mostly growth technology related stocks um you know up 30% for the year S&P's up you know somewhere in that 12 and a half percent uh and the Dow is the big laggard it is you know it's positive by like two and a quarter so it's like last year the Dow didn't really lose a whole lot and this year hasn't really made a whole lot and that's kind of the value story a little less volatile but the growth stocks which the Nasdaq you know down almost 50% Last year up almost 30 this year, wild swinging. And then the S&P is a good mix of both of, uh, you know, the growth and the value stocks. But really, the S&P has been driven by, you know, just a couple of names. And and they're all the growth names. They're all the the big guys for the years. You know, your Amazons, Microsoft, Apples, NVIDIA have really been doing a lot of the driving. Um, you know, and for the most part, uh, bonds are slightly positive for the year, too. So, um, we knew that that was, you know, going to be, it was going to be a case for bonds. Bonds have actually are paying, you know, decent amount of interests. Uh, it's a good time to be looking if you don't have enough in the portfolio, good time to look at, you know, adding to that. And then, you know, uh, Bitcoin got murdered last year. Um, and I only mentioned that because, you know, I still, I have Bitcoin in my Coinbase wallet uh, that I invest in, uh, you know, uh, 20 or 50 bucks every two weeks. 
no, I'm sorry, 50 bucks every two weeks into Bitcoin and Ethereum. So $100 every two weeks. And uh, I'm going to toot my horn because year to date, Bitcoin is up almost 60%. Ethereum's up almost 50. But I also got murdered <laughs> last year. So, you know, things have been turning around, even though it doesn't, it kind of doesn't feel like it. I think a lot of folks, um, you know, have, are, are, we still haven't clawed back the losses from last year. So if you're looking at your dollars, you're in like, let's just say, you know, Hey, last year, the beginning of the year, I had $500,000. And then at the end of the year, I had 400, you know, and now I've got 460. So, you know, things aren't great. So if you look at, if you're looking at it from a dollar amount from the beginning of the year, last year, you know, we, we haven't clawed back completely yet. Um, but I, you know, I said the beginning of the year, I thought the, the first part of this year was going to be choppy, which, um, it has been kind of choppy, but really the growth parts of the portfolio of stocks have really, really performed well. And, uh, and I, and I said, and I'll stick to it. I thought that the second half of the year would be a little more positive. I, I still think that. So, uh, you know, if, assuming that the fed so they held yesterday um you know they're they they didn't hike they didn't cut yesterday um we might get one more rate hike um this year i kind of thought we were going to be done after uh after this last one but you know the economy has been really stubborn um unemployment really hasn't risen um you know to the point that they're looking at inflation has been abating um, but it's still, it's still there, but it's not coming down, you know, quick. And so that's, uh, we may have, you know, another hike in, but I think if we have, I think if we get a hike, it is going to be, you know, 25 basis points. Unemployment is so low right now that this country should, this is my hot, first hot take of the day. Okay. I love it. We should not be paying anyone to stay home. Are we still paying people to stay home? I mean, I, I, welfare programs okay yeah i mean well, outside of what was existed pre-covid yeah none of none of the covid we we could stuff is we could get a little we could tighten our strings somewhat organically as a country right now i mean if you want work there's work yeah i mean it may not be the work that no might not that, be the work that you want yeah but but there's a paycheck out there. Yeah, if if you want to have something to do to make money, and we can get into livable wages and and all of those things that people debate. But the bottom line is is that there are jobs to be had. Right, and I mean, an unemployment is not a livable wage. Like that's no. a that's I'm a. Always, that's... I'm, I'm always reminded of that scene in Christmas Vacation where they're talking about Eddie. Yeah, they, you know, they're standing there that morning and they're looking out and they're having a coffee or whatever. And, you know, Eddie can't find work. And she, she says, Clark's wife, uh, Ellen says, well, what, whatever uh, cousin Eddie's wife's name is, is well, she says he's, he's waiting for an upper management position. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just, I'm waiting for the, for the right job. You know, and I mean, I think, uh, we had some layoffs, you know, earlier in the year when you know, it was kind of, you know, we, and we kind of called that one too, where he said, uh, we had that on the conversation on this show that we thought it was going to be a little bit more white collar mm -hmm. layoffs. And they were all white collar. I mean, it was tech jobs, you know, investment banking jobs. It was all white collar, white collar layoffs. 
Um, but it really hasn't hit the, you know, there hasn't been a, I haven't seen a huge amount of, you know, middle-class layoffs. Um, and I mean, the economy is being stubborn, man. And I mean, the middle class is our kind of the backbone of, of the whole country. Um, you know, and I, I think if the middle class stays pretty healthy now, you know, the things that can be a little bit, uh, unnerving in all of this is credit card debt is, you know, the balances are rising. Um, interest rates, you know, are, are up, you know, people who had home, cheap home equity lines of credit, um, you know, those adjust really easily. Those interest payments have gotten, um, have gotten bigger. So, you know, it's, I don't know that we're the middle class is quote unquote out of the woods. There's going to have to be a lot of austerity to, you know, to keep that, to keep it afloat. And I think people will, I'll be interested to see what the summer travel season, you know, kind of looks like because there's, you know, like Southwest airlines did a deal that ends today. Yeah. Um, you know, 40% off of their base fares. And I'm like, and I mean, I, I realize you know, they're saying it's something about their birthday, but I mean, dude, if you have a lot of demand, there's no need to, to offer someone a 40% off. It's clip. interesting. You and I did not even discuss this before we started. And when I looked at that yesterday, cause I got the email, I'm a, so I, I, I fly Southwest frequently um, yeah. or did it's been a minute, but I took that and went, Oh, they're not as busy this summer as they thought they'd be. Yeah. Or the fall. Or the fall. And I think what's happened, I could be wrong. I mean, I, I, I'm, I can't, I have learned as much as we're all inclined to think, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm one of a kind, I'm unique. And I don't mean that in a good or a bad way. Just, you know, in general, you don't think of yourself as, as being representative of a demographic. Right. Um, we normally, as a family, take a summer vacation. We're not this year. And it's, it's, it's financial sure. taxes. It's, uh, you know, I asked my accountant, I said, taxes have gone up, right? And she's like, yeah, they've, they've gone up. You're, you're paying more taxes. No, no question. You're paying more taxes, uh, this year than you did a year before. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and so, you know, I, it's, it's, I don't want to put a, a vacation on, on, on credit cards and pay the extra interest. I, I, I don't 21%. You know, I don't want to, so I, I, I'm not. And and I, I'm and my point is not to make it about me. My point is that I am probably not alone in this boat. Sure, probably well, a lot. I think people, probably the boat's pretty crowded. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people did a lot of traveling when everything opened back up. They had cash in their accounts. Um, you know, then inflation really did kick in, and interest rates have gone up to points to where, like, a guy like you says, "Hey, you know, twenty one percent." interest on my credit card for my, you know, $5,000 vacation, uh, does not sound, you know, appeasing. I don't, I don't want to pay, I'm going to rough the numbers. I don't want to pay a thousand dollars a year in interest on my $5,000 trip. So I'm just, if I don't have the cash, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't think you're alone, man. I think a lot of, you know, folks are like that. And like with Jennifer's travel business, you know, it's, it hasn't been, it's been a little bit slow, uh, but people are still, you know, looking for deals and stuff like that. But, uh, like we have a, her conferences in October and it's, and it's in at Disneyland resort for her company, her conference. And I was like, man, I don't know that we're going to make that trip because 
uh, you know, flights, if, I've, if I'm flying Delta from Jackson is, you know, we're going to be thousand twelve hundred dollars and mm-hmm. I, just, I was like i don't know if it's i mean we can write it off but i don't know if it's a i don't know if we're going to do it or not and then that south the southwest deal popped up and i i got both of our tickets for 440 total so oh. i was like okay we can uh from from jackson to from jackson essentially los angeles yep yep yeah interesting and, uh so i was yeah. like okay well you know i'll write that off i mean it's still cash flow that comes out of pocket um yeah, they don't. But, they don't slash those. T- they being Southwest, they don't slash their fares to that number if people are buying up all of the tickets, all the, seats, the regular right. fares. It just makes perfect. Why would you do right. that? You can call it, "Hey, we're having a birthday celebration" or whatever. But come on. Yeah, they're just putting lipstick on the pig. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think you'll start to see, um, if demand really is rolling over, you know, and and airline and hotels and uh you know those things are a part of the number the inflation print number um so i think too if we're starting to see where demand has really sloughed off and they're having to incentivize folks to come spend cash uh, i think we'll probably see inflation start rolling over you know a little more than we have uh, it just takes some time for that to all persist through i mean yeah. it, it's not a an immediate thing it'll be a month or a couple months ahead yeah. Or from now, not yeah. ahead. Agreed. Well, yeah, ahead. That makes sense. Yeah. So, what does it mean, just in general, if 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 they're right, they being, as I quote here from the Wall Street Journal, our old friend Nick Tamaros, he says that um, he expects. He said Fed officials' new economic projections released Wednesday showed twelve of eighteen expected to raise rates at least two more times this year to fight inflation, up from four officials in March. The uh, next uh, Fed meeting is July the 25th and 26th. Yep. Uh, Chair Jerome Powell sort of hinted at his press conference that his default position right now is to raise the rates at that at that meeting in in month and a half or so. What does that mean in layman's terms to just your your average person? Uh, I mean. I just don't think we're going to, let's just, let's pretend they do. We get two more hikes in. Okay. I just think they're going to be in that 25 basis point variety. Um, yeah, they'll come up. I think they'll cut. I think if they, if I think if they raise again, they're going to cut. I didn't think they were going to cut it all this year, but I think if they raise, like, let's say they raise in July and then six weeks later, later, you know, the end of August, beginning of September, I guess it would technically be beginning of September would be the next meeting um let's say they hike again in september i just think they're going to cut at the end of the year um if they do it if they don't hike i don't think we'll get a cut at all in 23 so i think by the end of the year we're we'll be in a pretty neutral position of where we are today but it's either it might be you know one up and one down or two up and a 50 bit 50 basis point cut now they did say the Fed has said in in twenty four that they will be cutting in twenty four. So, um, you know, I think that you know their target inflation number is two percent. I think we'll probably run north of target for a little while. Um, but I don't. I don't think that we'll. I don't think we're going to return back to the, you know, sub two percent inflation numbers. Um, and, and that wasn't healthy either. Uh, it just created an addiction and, and, and unrealistic 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Had a little uh, glitch there, Martin. Go ahead. You, you lost you at the very, you froze on me there for a second. No worries. You, you pretty no worries. Much- I was just saying the kind of, you know, uh, p- people's expectations have been for a long time that we're going to have low interest forever. And that's just, you know, it was a drug that we were fed and we all got addicted to it. And I think people real people thought that was going to continue. And, um, and then when it didn't, it's causing some heartache and, uh, you know, you're already seeing it come through you know, uh, bank accounts and interest credit card balances are going up because folks are trying to continue that lifestyle that they had before. Um, you know, and there'll be a reckoning. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a, you know, a collapse or anything like that, but, you know, especially young families and that have become families in the last 15 years are for the first time having to budget on inflation and high interest rates when it's been easy to live on you know, credit cards or lines of credit with low to no interest, you know, car loans at 0%, um, you know, those days are over and, and it's going to take some adjusting. And that will, that is inherently uh, deflationary. Inflation will, will come down, but I don't think it'll come down to where it was prior to. We'll get to another couple of topics in a second, but first a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with the challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals. 
no matter how big or small. I've used therapy as a way to handle stress, clear negative thoughts, mentally relax a little. For me, it was a life changer. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable. It's entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. Switch therapist anytime when you want to be a better problem solver. Therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash MPW. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune system support, and I just hate taking pills. I take AG1 every morning. I love knowing I'm doing something good for my body, giving my body the nutrition it craves, covering my nutritional bases. Covering my nutritional bases for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing each morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality sourced ingredients. Uh, it's a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash MPW. That's athleticgreens.com slash MPW. Check it out. All right, Martin, there's a story that uh, we're not going to spend much time on because I just kind of stumbled across it, and it's fascinating. Uh, it's about the U.S. wealth tax and whether it's constitutional. Um, Ooh. This is written. Please, by, please tell me more. This is written by the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal. So I'm sure some people will go, "Oh, right wing crazies," but I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's fair. It says progressives have long dreamed of imposing a tax on wealth, and it looks as if an arcane corner of the 2017 tax reform might give them a legal opening. The Supreme Court can shut this constitutional door if it takes up a bad ruling on appeal from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The 16th Amendment revised the Constitution to allow taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. The Supreme Court has long held that income is defined as money that is realized from, say, wages or the sale of a property or financial asset. It has never been defined as unrealized income, such as from an increase in the value of an asset on, asset on paper that isn't paid out to the owner. Enter 2017's mandatory repatriation tax, which taxed shareholders of some foreign corporations on their retained earnings. Congress was scrambling for revenue to pay for its reduction in tax rates, and foreign companies were an easy political target. But the tax also hits uns unsuspecting American bystanders. Two of them are Charles and Kathleen Moore of Washington State, who invested in a friend's venture to distribute farm equipment in rural India. The company reinvested earnings to distribute more proceeds in India, and the Moors received no payout. Yet they were hit with a bill of $14,729 under the mandatory repatriation tax. The Moors sued the IRS and sought a refund on grounds that the tax is an unconstitutional levy on income. They lost in federal district court, and a panel of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the tax, ruling that realization of income is not a constitutional requirement. The Moors also lost a request for a hearing by the full Ninth Circuit, but Judge Patrick Brumite issued a hard-hitting dissent that called out the majority decision as contrary to ordinary meaning, history, and precedent. 
In Eisner versus McComer in 1920, the Supreme Court held that a gain in an asset's value qualifies as income only if it is received or drawn by the recipient for his separate use, benefit, and disposal. That sure doesn't apply to the Moors. The high court has reinforced that ruling in recent cases. Um, kind of just keeps going on and on. That's an interesting thing, man. That's a dangerous precedent. If, yep. if, if people who have a portfolio or not just a portfolio, you have a house. Yeah. And your house, well, like yeah, your house goes up in value. You, you haven't moved out of it, it, even though you're still in it and yeah. you haven't benefited from the sale of said. Correct. Tax. Correct. I mean, I was just trying to use an example that. No, it's great. That that hits, you know, the bulk of, because, you know, some of our listeners are probably young, you know, maybe have their 401k at work. They haven't really started saving outside the 401k or their IRAs, and they will at some point. And when they do, we would love to be, you know, your guiding, uh, your guiding light there. Um, but, you know, most folks are going to purchase a house at some point in their life. And, dude, how, you talk about a complex tax system right now. Add in taxing unrealized gains into the mix, and they are going to have to hire half a million IRS agents just to sift through. I mean, who, where do you get the valuation from? I mean, dude, there's so much stuff that would come from that. Because, I mean, who's to say, I mean, so does that, does that mean that you would have to get your house valued appraised every year? Who pays for that? Or is the government going to require you? Don't give them any ideas, for... Mark. Damn it, stop. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, listen, th th this is, we have, we have a system right now that that's, 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 it's, it's hey, I tell you what, Neil. If that happens, you and I are quitting what we do now, and we are opening a home appraisal. Yes, business tomorrow. for the IRS. Yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow, actually, let's go ahead and form it so we can be uh, first movers, just okay. in case. All right, we don't have to do anything with it, but Set it up. we'll we'll call it we'll call it NM appraisals. Set it up. Well, I guess that sounds like your name anyway. <laughs> I mean, not, that's I not, mean, it does, it would create, I mean, you got to think about, so it's not only, I mean, yes, houses is affects everybody, but like now small businesses, you know, like your business, you're going to have to get that. You would have to get valued every year. Um, and then, you know, who agrees on the proper form of valuation for a small business? Because some people are going to say, Hey, my book value, I, my assets of my business are X you know, but the true value of your business is something different. Some people probably use book value. Some people would use, you know, cash flows, um, you know, as a metrics, as a metric for valuation. Uh, I mean, dude, that it's, that creates so much chaos. I honestly don't, I don't see how they would be able to pull that off just because of all of the the chaos that it would create. Um, I mean, they would get a whole lot of new additional revenue, but Speaking There'd probably of be a lot of people going to prison for tax fraud. Oh, um, probably right. me being one of them for, you know, not doing it the way they want me to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I I got so many so many thoughts. I I really do. <laughs> I, I I do. I, it's um, like I said, I, I started this morning. So you know, we joke about it, but I'm not going to lie to you. Like I, I called my accountant at one point this month and said, 
I don't understand. That our, our tax code today is punitive. It's not even a, it's not even. I'm literally convinced, literally convinced. If people got their money and then had to go pay it in taxes, okay. that there would, and I'm totally serious, there would be a revolt. No, I, I totally agree. Because people frankly, don't realize how much they pay in taxes. They just don't realize it. And you yeah. hear these people going, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a refund. Well, okay. But you've already paid a significant yeah. amount of taxes. And it's the government saying we're better with your money than you are. And people don't question where all the money's going. And the populace is so freaking stupid sometimes that it's just, it's mind-boggling. I mean, speaking dude, of mind-boggling, go ahead. I go agree ahead. with you there. No, I agree with you. If, if folks had to go write the check every month, uh, if they just got their gross pay every month and employers didn't withhold and they had to go write the check to the tax collector, Every month there would be, I mean, well, that's what all of, I, I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat, none of the elected officials want that. None of them would want that because they would just wouldn't stay in office for maybe one term each because people would constantly be pissed off at them. Speaking of constantly pissed off and chaotic, <clears throat> Donald Trump pled not guilty <laughs> federal charges on Tuesday. Constantly pissed off and chaotic. That was a great. That was a great bridge to. Thank you, Mr. Trump. I have a lot of thoughts on this. I've read the indictment. I have not. Frankly, frankly it's quite damning against the former president. Um, he was brazen. He was arrogant. He was flippant. They have a unlike the case in New York, which is just. Silly. There's nothing there. There's there's something there. Now, the Wall Street Journal has an editorial board piece that I'll just read the first couple paragraphs because I they I think they express my opinion on it as well as anyone can. And again, I have a feeling that this is a very big boat that I'm in on this. Donald Trump pled not guilty to federal charges on Tuesday with the typical array of supporters and opponents. It's depressing to think that this could continue for another two years as the indictment and trial dominate the 2024 presidential campaign. Republican primary voters may be the very last to spare the country this fate. We're on record, we being the Wall Street Journal, as believing that Attorney General Merrick Garland's indictment of Mr. Trump is a misguided use of prosecutorial power that could have destructive consequences. I could not agree more. It intervenes in a presidential election campaign, unleashing political furies that are impossible to predict. It keeps Mr. Trump the dominant issue of the presidential campaign, denying the country the larger debate the public deserves. Man, whoever wrote this is mm. spot freaking on. They're reading Neil's mail. The shame is that they're a listener to our show. That's what's up. That's what's up. The shame said this. The shame is that this is exactly what both Mr. Trump and the White House want. So true. Mr. Trump would rather be charged, would rather not be charged, but he is also brandishing the indictments against him as a campaign credential. True. He's all but saying Republicans must nominate him as the only defense Americans have against Democrats and the deep state. 
Democrats want to run against Mr. Trump because they think he'd be the easiest Republican to beat or to ruin in office if he does win again. GOP primary voters can benefit from reading the late, latest Trump indictment and asking what it means for a second Trump term, and you should. The facts al alleged show that Mr. Trump has again played into the hands of his enemies. His actions were reckless, arrogant, and remarkably self-destructive. This is the same Donald Trump they will get if they nominate him for a third time. Mr. Trump believes he had the right to keep the documents under the Presidential Records Act, and we, again, the Wall Street Journal, think he has a stronger case than the press claims. Agreed. Some of the press coverage just... <laughs> but once he received a subpoena for those documents, Mr. Trump should have known he was at legal peril if he concealed them or lied about having them. Yet if the indictment is correct, that is precisely what he did. He al allegedly suggested to a lawyer that he could pluck out a page and not turn it over. In the most striking episode, he brandished a classified document related to a war plan in front of his staff and a writer. Incredibly, the indictment says he did this while he knew he was being tape recorded. Mr. Trump, secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this. You attack, and in the same conversation, he ale allegedly admitted that he hadn't declassified the document as he had previously told the public he had done with all documents and retained. He retained. He thus undercut part of his own potential defense. The narcissism and wretched judgment are familiar, but still hard to believe. There, there's, there's a lot here. Here's, here's my fear as an American, okay? My fear is someone who I think is fairly pragmatic and has a lot of common sense, and I think you're going to agree with every word I'm about to say. If Trump gets the nomination, we are going to have yet another election that is all about Donald Trump. True. It is all about, in this case, a 78-year-old man who's already been president, who is beloved by about 30% of the public and, and hated by some 40-something percent. And then there's 20% there's of the public who somehow, some way, really don't have an opinion on Donald Trump. And I'm kind of in that which is makes me a weird person. The Trump zealots drive me crazy and the people that just hate him. I don't completely understand it. I, I'm just kind of in the middle. Like, well, he's just a guy, but anyway, it stops us from having a national conversation about so many other things we should be having a national conversation about. Yeah. And then well, further, so and then this is the dangerous part. Look, a lot of the charges are valid. They really are. But right now, we're still in a, there's an investigation that's, quote, going on, end quote, about Joe Biden when and, and documents that he took from the White House at the end of his second term as the vice president. Where does this stop? When we start using the Department of Justice and the legal system as a weapon against political opponents, man, you are going down a dangerous path that you can get so far down that path that when you turn around to get back out to where you are, you're lost. You have no idea. You don't have a compass. You can't tell it where anything is and you can't get back. And that's not a good place. Mm. And yet here we are marching lockstep towards Biden versus Trump too. Yep. That's where we're going.
And I mean, and, and dude, I, if polls stay the way that they are the last, you know, our last taping, um, we are definitely marching. We are marching there. I, I, I think I know what the ending looks like, but I mean, I, guess, hell, I could be surprised. Yeah. Biden wins. That's what yep. the ending looks like. Biden yep. wins. There's no question about it in my mind. And Trump is going to double down and put someone like Carrie Lake, the defeated gubernatorial candidate or senatorial candidate, whichever, it doesn't matter, in Arizona, who is one of the stop the steal people. We're going to relitigate the 2020 election and this indictment. Because look, the indictment in New York that Letitia James brought, even, even the, the most hardcore Democrats look at that and go, that's a witch hunt. That's that's there's no legs to stand on there. There's just no, there's no nothing. There might be something in Georgia. There might be something in DC, but this one in Florida is it is it is who Trump is. Yep. It's who he is. And he's going to run the campaign that way. And he's going to keep bringing up 2020 and how the election was stolen, even though there's he can't prove it. And the American public, it's been the polling data is clear on this. They don't believe him. Well, uh, and dude, and again, not not to beat a horse to death, but he needs the middle, the independents to pull this thing off and and they're just not there man not for him no we we should be having a national debate about ukraine inflation inflation economy the border yep um we should be having a national debate about this culture war that is ongoing in our country right now we should have candidates who can have serious conversations about things that actually matter to everyday Americans. We should be having conversations about our, our like you said, our, our national debt, about our children's futures. We should be having those conversations. Instead, at what feels like a really important time in our country, we're going to have a mudslinging match between a couple of octogenarians, one of whom is out of control, and the other of whom. I mean, I, I think I think it's more than fair to have at least a conversation about his fitness. You mean like not physical, but like mental and emotional fitness? Yeah, I mean, well, it's physical fitness too, but more than that, it's his it's his mental acuity. He does not. He often appears to be out to lunch and he ran the 2020 campaign from a bunker. And if I'm him and I'm advising him, I, I do it again. They want it to be all about Trump. Yep. Absolutely. And I don't blame them. It's very smart calculus on their yeah, part. Strategy wise. Yeah. To win. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's just like what you said the other day, like, Hey, if you're a passing team because it's, it's sexy and it's pretty, but to win the game, you just need to run the ball and, pick up three, four yards each time. That's what you're going to do. I mean, and that's what they did with the bunker. They oh. just ran the ball right down the middle. Where the, the Democrats right the where the Democrats are so much sharper than the Republicans politically. No, this is this is not debatable. This is simply not debatable. Even the I've got hardcore Republican friends who will fight me on this and, and they're wrong. The Democrats are much better at running campaigns than the Republicans are because the Democrats focus on one thing. 
One winning. Winning. Yep. The Democrats are Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Oh, God. They are. No, they I, I'm here to win. I will do whatever it takes to win. I don't mean that in an illegal way. I'm sure, I am sure, sure, sure. singularly focused on winning. Yeah. What strategy do you have to put in place? And the Republicans are hung up on agreeing. Mm. You're not wrong about that, man. So, I mean, and look, I, I hear people say, as we wrap up, I hear people say, oh, well, the election's a long way away. It's really not. No, it's not, man. I mean, you it get, is not you, because you know how this works, right? Because we're going to get, we're in the summer right now and the days are long and all that stuff. And everybody's hanging out by the pool and whatever. It'll be football season before you know it. Yep. I was about to say, then we have college football. And then the kids go back to school and we yep. get back into our routines and little and Johnny's election got, day. Little Johnny's got soccer practice and little Jenny's got dance practice and all that stuff. And before you know it, man, it's the weekend and you're going to see the Mississippi state game or you're going to the Ole Miss game, whatever the case may be, you know, the, the NFL season gets started and you're, you're seeing, Hey, how, how, how the Cowboys doing Saturday, Sunday. And before you know it, you look up and it's October, it's Halloween. And then we do Thanksgiving and then we do Christmas because this is how the year goes. And at the yep. end of that, man, we we're in the Iowa caucuses. We're yep. doing this, and it's 2024, and this thing is steamrolling, and that's where we're yep. headed. That's where we're headed. I agree with you, man. Um, and that was, you know, it all kind of happened pretty fast in in uh, in 2016, uh, a lot faster than I thought. And that, and I was pretty engaged in 08. I was less engaged in 2012. I was pretty engaged in 2016, and. Uh, 2016 went fast. I mean, and dude, I remember, you know, and I know you and I hadn't started doing our show yet. We weren't mm -hmm. much after, much later, longer after that. But I remember Reed and I just texting back and forth going, is this really happening? Is this, you know, 2016 people got caught with their pants around their ankles. Um, you know, and I think this year is going to be another year of people with their pants at their ankles when we, when we hit the caucuses. Yeah. And into the general. Well, dude, I thought Trump had no way of making it through the first couple of of primaries. I just didn't see it. And uh, the Democrats learned the like, lesson oh in 2016. The Democrats it, did. And, they, and this is, and it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch history repeat itself. In 2016, the Democrats ran Hillary Clinton because they believed it was her turn. They ran her because they believed she was inevitable. They ignored the polling data. And there was polling data, and this is not about Clinton or Hillary Clinton. This is not a Republican versus Democrat. This is a, a – I'm just interested in politics. Yep, social science. And there was polling data that was very readily available that showed that, that two things. One, most Americans were tired of Clinton versus Clintons and Bushes. Yep. Ready for something different. And two, they didn't like her. They, they just didn't like her. I mean, there was almost this sentiment of, yeah, Bill cheated on her, but who can blame him? God, can you imagine me? <laughs> that? That, that was the sentiment. And the yes. Democrats ignored it. And here we are eight years later, and the polling data is right there that shows Trump can't win a national election. And we're going to run him. And they're ignoring him. They're ignoring it to this point. Now, we're not there yet, and that could change. But if Trump gets the nomination, it's after ignoring all of it, which is crazy. All right, I know you got a meeting to get to, so uh, we're gonna. Oh yeah, you're good. We'll uh, we'll we'll kill it there again. Thanks to everybody for listening, making us a party week. Our numbers are great. We really appreciate that quite a bit. 
Um, we'll put this up and uh, make sure it's wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be back with you. I think the plane's next week, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I say that. I know I've got. Anyway, that doesn't matter. We'll. I have a couple. We'll have to figure out, but yeah, we'll probably get one or so in the rest of June, and then we'll probably take a little break around the fourth that period, and then we'll we'll get rolling again. Yeah, man, pretty quick. But um, anyway, we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep stop. our listeners informed on politics. So, so if Absolutely. our people are going to be in the know. Absolutely. So again, thanks Not for with their pants at their ankles. <laughs> Making us a part of your week. Don't forget, it's mypinwealth.com if you want to get in touch with Martin and the people there at Pinnacle just to do a check-in, just to uh, see if they would be a fit, just to maybe bounce some ideas off of them. You can do that at mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. For uh, Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. Have a great weekend. Take care.